Some nights I stay up cashing in my bad luck. Some nights I call it a draw. Some nights I wish that my lips could build a castle. Some nights I wish they'd just fall off. But I still wake up. I still see a ghost. Oh Lord, I'm still not sure what I stand for most. What do I stand for? What do I stand for most nights? I don't know anymore. Oh, 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 we're back. We're back. So happy to talk to you again. I can't believe I'm doing it again. We're doing it. We're doing it. Back in the saddle, baby. Me, Lacunas, Seth Green, episode 12, Stars Born. Thanks for joining me. I'm Chris Arneson. I'm your host. Before we get into it, let's do some plugs. I'm a author. I'm from Pullman, Washington. If you didn't know, um, in my apartment right now, it's about 9.33 p.m. And looking out the window, dark, snowy night in Pullman across the street from Washington State University over here in the coffee house apartments, holding it down. And let's see. You can get my books on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble. What's in the Fridge is the second one. And Sponge Cake, a mostly made-up story about a completely insane town, is the first one. Um, Sponge Cake's a novel. And What's in the Fridge is mostly inspirational, spiritual, and also some pop culture and fun stuff in there. And yeah, Sponge Cake's based on a middle school bake sale. And four different perspectives in that uh, book. And, um, yes, it's divided into four parts, and they all come together in the end. Super fun writing that, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Also, check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com. Go to my website, christtheauthor.com. And follow me on Twitter at christtheauthor8 and Instagram at chrisarneson8. And share, share, share. Thank you for sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, and coworker. Uh, before we get into the episode, a few things I want to chat about. Uh, so this is going to be the Rhode Island episode because uh, Family Guy, obviously. Um, y'all know that Mila Kunis plays Meg and Seth Green is Chris over there, over there in Quahog. So yeah, this is a Rhode Island episode. Might have to talk about that a little later. But actually, <laughs> Audible right now. Omaha, Omaha, let's just do it right now. Uh, each week we talk about a different Simpsons episode. So this week is a little different. We're doing a special crossover uh, swap cast, if you will. Uh, it's, it's actually a Family Guy episode, but it's called The Simpsons Guy. And that is ep- episode one of season 13 of Family Guy. It aired September 28th, uh, 2014. The Griffins go to Springfield where they encounter a stranger named Homer Simpson. Stewie trades his mind control device for Bert's slingshot. Uh, Lisa, Lisa teaches Meg how to play the saxophone. Homer and Peter argue about the best beer. <laughs> so Duff versus whatever uh, Peter's drinking over there. I don't know. What's he drink over there? Heineken? Uh, I don't know. Dos Equis? No idea. Uh, I haven't watched enough Family Guy. I'm more of a Simpsons fan, but I decided to make it Make it a little different this week because just to honor their uh, Mila and Seth. So, yeah. Uh, something I wanted to 
to bring up. Uh, I want to address this. Um, I've talked a lot about my venture over to Los Angeles back in September 2015. So I just want to let you guys know that, let's see, let's tell you an old story here. So I talked to an agent at a bar. This was a bar on Wilshire, uh, probably near the La Brea Tar Pits. And this was an NFL Sunday back there in September. Might have been week one, actually. But I talked to the agent, got his business card, actually. And that's funny because that's just set the tone for me, just my expectations with the whole thing. And that's kind of how I thought Hollywood worked at that point. <laughs> I thought that you just go to a bar and then you meet agents right away and they just give you your business, their business card. And, and then you go get a, maybe a movie or something, <clears throat> maybe a TV show. I don't know. I don't know. Um... But that was cool also because the St. Louis Rams is who we were watching. And just maybe a couple years later, they would go on to move down to L.A. So that was kind of, I don't know, is that a coincidence or is that ironic or serendipitous? Whatever it was. Also, another thing that happened down there in L.A. is I tried to get into one of those like fancy bar nightclub things. I can't remember the name of it. But I was wearing shorts because, I mean, I'm I'm not used to the hot weather, so I'm not gonna be wearing pants down there right away. And they would not let me in. Uh, I was by myself trying to get in. Probably that may have been the same night. That may have been that Sunday night um, after the, meeting the agent at the bar and watching the Rams game. But yeah, they didn't let me in because they said because I was wearing shorts and they have a dress code over there. So I thought that was interesting. You don't see that often in Seattle, and especially in Pullman. And I also checked out Marie, Marie Callender's. Went over there uh, to watch some Monday Night Football. So I don't really remember what I ate there, but I, I definitely remember like it being super... Like there's a big piano, and there may have been a person playing it there too. and Or maybe it's one of those player pianos, you know, the one that plays itself could have been that but I just it was super swanky over there at Marie Calendar's um I think they do pies I think they're known for making making good pies or something um speaking of LA so let's see I visited another thing I did down there is I visited Adam Carolla's studio um I just looked it up googled it pretty much to figure out where it was and drove over there parked in a kind of a back alley there's just like a bunch of just garbage and like tumbleweeds around and walked over a couple blocks and man there's some nice cars though I definitely remember there being a couple real nice cars um I'm not a big car guy so I don't remember what they were but sports cars for sure sitting right outside his studio uh probably Adams um but yeah I walk in and then there's a Chris Max Pata or Chris Luxmana is his real name but Corolla calls him Chris Max Pata, and he's sitting on the couch, and he's he's just like wrenching away on some sort of tool or something, some sort of car part, and he was super nice. He just like stood up and shook my hand, said hi to me, introduced himself, and I gave him my resume, and he said he'll pass it along, or he would. <laughs> I mean, back then, <laughs> I'm still like waiting for them <laughs> to get back to me. No, that was September 2015. 
but um yeah that was really cool um it's just very cool seeing that studio it's very very nice um lots of car stuff if you're a big fan of that um also in LA I was over in Nerdist and if you don't know Nerdist it's a comic book shop that used to be there it got demolished I don't know what it is now but that happened last year I believe and they used to host comedy shows back there in the back room so comic book shop in the front and then comedy shows in the back and Doug Love's movies did a lot of shows there and Pete Holmes used to record his podcast upstairs and it's funny because I actually saw Pete Holmes at Nerdist he was just standing there by himself like looking at a comic book and then I saw him just walk upstairs and I remember him saying on one of his episodes that uh, he records upstairs at Nerdist. So that's how I knew that. I was like, wow, I just watched, I guess I saw what Pete Holmes' pre-podcast routine is. Just browsing some comic books, I guess. But I'm a big fan of his, though, so that was pretty cool seeing him. Um, Before we get into the show, I want to do a Mariners update. Let's do that. We do that every episode. So the Mariners play the Brewers tomorrow at 12.10 in the afternoon, and that one is on Root. So if you got Root Sports Northwest, uh, go ahead and watch that if you want. Um, it's in Peoria at their home field, in the spring training home field there. And we were wondering last episode, who is the new addition, um, the new Japanese player for the, for the Mariners? His name is Yusi Kikuchi. He's born June 17th, 1991, and he's a left-handed pitcher. Um, he, let's see. He was 73-46 and 46 was his win-loss record over there in the, um, what's the name of their league? Uh, the Nippon Professional Baseball Pacific League. He played for the Saitama Cebu Lions. And his ERA was 2.77, and he had 903 strikeouts, which seems like a lot. And he was a three-time All-Star, one-time ERA leader, one-time wins leader. So he looks pretty solid. Um, all right, seems like a good addition. And it's always good to get a left-hand pitcher. And he's only 27, so he's not he's not too old. All right, um, so that's your Mariners update. I just want to chat a little Mariners there, let you guys know who that who that guy is who's coming in. Uh, here we go. Another thing we do every episode, we talk about the NBA. We do an NBA update. So I was recently, I think that was the last episode as well, talking about all the different mascots, and I, ne- I never rank them. I like, as you guys know, I like making lists. So I'm going to go ahead and rank the top three mascots right now. Um, let's go definitely, I think we'll go Benny the Bull. We will go, Benny the Bull is the Chicago Bulls mascot. We will go the Coyote, who's the San Antonio Spurs mascot. And we will go, um, oh, the Gorilla, of course. Okay, there we go, Phoenix Gorilla. All right. Um, so that, there's your mascot rankings and let's go ahead. I'll read you guys. So I haven't even told you what the show is, what the basis of the show is. (laughs) So 
what's the show about? What's the stars born? You guys might be wondering. Uh, I read you all the IMDb credits, uh, the filmography of the star or stars. Uh, this episode is Mila and Seth. So we start. Let's start with ladies first. A 1994 TV series called, oh, this is a soap opera, right? Days of Our Lives. She's Young Hope for one episode. 1995 TV series, uh, The John Larroquette Show. She's Lucy Sanchez for one episode. 1995 short, Make-A-Wish Molly. She's Melinda. 1995 she is Susie Grogan in Piranha. Let's see what Piranha is. I've heard about it, but... Uh, 89 minutes, rated R, horror movie. The private investigator Maggie McNamara from Lyon Investigation is hired by the wealthy J.R. Randolph to find his niece that has disappeared with her boyfriend. Maggie seats out the lonely. Full summary. Let's, let's see it. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to read all of it. All right. Um. Let's let's not worry about it. <laughs> it's too way too long to worry about. Uh. Yeah. It looks like I don't know any of these people. Don't recognize. No big names in that. So, that must be different. That must be a different movie than the one I was thinking about. Uh, nineteen ninety five TV show Hudson Street. She is Devin for one episode. Didn't really know. Devin is a girl name. Uh, I guess it could be. What? Well, I mean, it's spelled... Not when it's spelled D-E-V-O-N. I don't know. I, maybe. <laughs> what am I... I don't know what I'm even talking about. Uh, this is kind of random, but... I guess if I pick up my Red Robin water bottle and take a sip out of it, it won't make it that random. Here we go. Let me Allow me to take a sip real quick. Um, I was listening to Kill Tony just a couple hours ago, the new one, and with Burt Kreischer on it, and they actually said something I didn't know. Brody Stevens, who uh, just passed away, he actually used to work at Red Robin, just like me. So I was like, wow, that's something I have in common with Brody, uh, well, Brody Stevens. We both played baseball, and we both worked at Red Robin. That's cool. Um... Let's see, what else did I want to tell you guys? Ah, oh, very fun, very fun. Here we go. I think now is a good time for me to say, I'm going to do a Maywood recipe. I'm just going to do it. We're going crazy. Uh, this one's uh, by Mia Mickelson. Michelson. I should know because I know Brady. Uh, Brady's her son, uh, Mia and Dave Michelson. Dave used to own the the old Red Hook Brewery, I think. I think he was the owner, the he was a high up over there. But we had a few parties over there in the banquet room at Red Hook and I think they hosted concerts maybe. The Counting Crows may have played there if I'm not mistaken. But you guys know Red Hook, I'm sure. It's an it's an internationally known uh beer. They have good good IPAs. Um yeah, I think Dave was high up over there. So yeah, let's let's read Mia's recipe. It's a gooey butter cake. Here we go. Cake. One box yellow 
cake mix, one egg, half cup butter melted, filling, one eight ounce package of cream cheese softened, two eggs, one teaspoon of vanilla, half cup of butter melted, one sixteen ounce box of powdered sugar. And here are the directions. Combine cake ingredients and mix well. Pat lightly into 9 by 13 baking pan. Beat cream cheese until smooth. Add eggs and vanilla. Add butter, beat. Add butter, then beat. Uh, add powdered sugar and mix well. Spread over cake mixture. Bake at 350 degrees for 40 to 50 minutes. The center will be a little gooey. And that is that. Each episode, I read a different... I'll go ahead and check it off because that's what I've been doing. I read a different uh, recipe from the old Maywood recipe book. Um, that's the elementary school I went to. I talk about I talk about it. Um, and speaking of Maywood, here's a fun story. Actually, used to kind of random, but it was a good segue. We used to jump on the Maywood roof. Um, so when you jump on the Maywood roof. You're actually about maybe eight feet above it, and you have to jump over probably a four, three to four foot gap. So it's it's a little, I don't know about sketchy, but you have to you definitely have to pay attention. And then when you're going down on the Maywood roof, when you're when you're coming back down, you probably want to go over on the opposite side. So. So where you jump onto it is the upper field. That's uh, That was by the bathrooms, I believe, um, over in the upper field. And then when you go back down, you jump on the patrol shed, which is way over, way over kind of kind of towards the, the gym that I threw the, threw the egg at and got in trouble. And then my dad had to come in and talk to the principal. Um, yeah, so... So that's the Maywood roof, but we were pretty delinquent. When the, I don't know why we were up there, but I don't know what we were doing. But that's we did that a lot back in, back at a young, I would like elementary school even. I don't what was what was that about? <laughs> what was that all about? I'm still wearing my same striped socks as I did last episode. Um, just wanted to, that's a regular segment too. Uh, speaking of regular segments. The AMC triple feature. What? What's that? Uh, you guys probably know since you listened to the first 11 episodes already. And I talk about it every single episode. Um, so I was with my best friend growing up, Stephen Ungrecht. And we went to... So first, let me set the scene for y'all. Uh, the year's uh, 20, 2009. And it's June. And we went to AMC Woodenville. I would go on to work for AMC Woodenville seven years later, uh, from February 2016 to August 2016. But um, that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the AMC Triple Feature. So it's June 12- it's June 2009, and we buy a ticket for Year One. And Year One, that was the one with uh, Paul Rudd, Jack Black, uh, Mike. Well, actually, not Paul Rudd. Uh, Michael Sarah and Jack Black were the two stars. I was just thinking Paul Rudd because we talked about it um, in his episode because he's he's in it he's a cameo in it, um, but yeah so we went to year one first it was rated PG thirteen so 
I can't remember if we bought any. We probably didn't spend any money on concessions because we probably didn't have. We were just kids. We didn't have any money for that. Um, so yeah, after the after year one, we actually snuck into the Hangover, and the Hangover was a big deal. Coming after that commercial during the Super Bowl uh, with the chicken, everyone remembers that one. I think Ed Helms on the ground. Uh, lost tooth and he looking at chicken and the room's just a big mess and yeah that was that commercial but we went to the hangover and that was a legendary movie we probably didn't realize it at the time but it was awesome and Brody Stevens episode we talked about that because he's in it and then after that we went on over so if I remember correctly I think Year one was on the the left side of the theater, and then the hangover was the f- the right side, the far theater on the right on the left um so you so you go into so this is the a m c Winville um layout, or this is what it was before the uh remodel, so you would go in, walk into the theater, and the person would take your ticket and tear it, and then you either go left or right. And there'd be six theaters on both sides, basically. Uh, yeah, so, and then three on three on each side of the aisle. So the hangover was, you go right, and then it's on the left side. And then lane of loss was right the opposite of it, just right across the aisle. And then year one was, I can't remember where it was on the left, but I actually think it was in the one of the bigger theaters, maybe, because it was probably just released, and that's where the uh, new releases would go, would be the, man, I can't remember, each theater had a number, so I guess if I try to remember, yeah, so it was one, so you go left, and then on your left, that's one, one through three is on your left, and then four through six is on your right, and then, and then it goes nine, uh, or you know, uh, what seven through seven through nine on the right on the left side of the aisle, and then ten through twelve on the right side of the aisle. Man, <laughs> I was just picturing the theater back in the day, but happy I hashed that out. I think year one was in theater six, if I'm correct. The closest one to the concession stand, if that makes any sense. The concession stand's right in the center, right behind the ticket taker. Um, so yeah, there we go. I think I explained that well. Um, that was a little deep dive over there. Oh yeah, and Land of the Lost was, that was like not terrible. It was based on the 1970s TV show oh, we talked about in the Will Ferrell episode. And not good, just not a good movie. Definitely don't recommend it. Um, but Steve, speaking of Steven Ungrad, we used to always have um, these things called Halo parties. So you guys probably know the video game, um, popular Xbox game, Halo. And we would have, we would play multiplayer and sometimes stay up all night. And this one time in particular, we stayed up all night at his house. We were downstairs uh, on the couch, and 
In the morning, we woke up and the Mariners were playing. This could have been part of the Mariners update. But they were playing like at 9 a.m., like abnormally early. And because, yeah, that's just weird. But it's I guess that's noon on the East Coast. So it's just an early game on the East Coast. And they were playing the, at Shea Stadium at the New York Mets, which I went to on the, the old East Coast baseball trip from 2008. Uh, with my dad and uncle and cousin Matt. Um, but yeah, what was special about that game, it was June 23rd, 2008. And why would I know that date? How would I know the date of the of that day? That was when Felix, Felix Hernandez, hit a grand slam. He, a pitcher. Um, yeah, so... If you guys remember that Felix Grand Slam, I mean, it was pretty legendary. He's not even, I don't think he's even known as being a good hitter. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty good memory. Um, let's see what else. We did a ton of other Halo parties. I think we did Halo 2 parties. We did them at my house, too. Uh, everyone, Steven's brothers, all his brothers got in on it. Both his brothers. And, um, my brother played, too. It was a big event. It was a big happening. <laughs> and here's something random. No no easy way to... I'm just going to say it. Uh, so I have this Old Spice Swagger uh, gel deodorant. And I swear there's, there's some sort of like deodorant ghost or something. Because this thing is, is springing up by itself. Every time I open it up, it's already been, it's already been springing up. You know, there's already gel up there. So that's <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I just want to throw that out there and just see what you guys thought. All right, here's something. Um I talked about Greg Greg Williams. Uh, so here's a fun memory. Uh just playing so um playing tackle football at his house in the snow. Probably like 5th grade, 5th or 6th grade and I don't know if you guys have ever played. You guys ever played tackle football in the snow? It's pretty much, pretty much the best thing ever because you just get all bundled up in a big winter coat, and you get like a big, like a big beanie, and maybe even some goggles or something if you're going, if you're going real big, and you're pretty much some big old snow pants, some boots, and you're pretty much invincible. I don't know, you, you can just bash into each other. And I remember we played on his neighbor's yard, and it was kind of like a just a hill. And I think it had a tree. There was like a tree in the middle of it or something. So that was kind of a an obstacle. <laughs> but yeah, that's just, that's a fun, I'm just a big fan of the, I'd always play like pickup football at, at recess. Oh, that brings up a memory. Um, This one time, Probably sixth grade, playing pickup football, upper field, Maywood Hills Elementary, and I catch a, I'm returning the kick. So I catch the kickoff and <laughs> I turn to my right and take about two steps and run directly into this pole. And it was the pole, I think, for like soccer goal or something. But yeah, I think I got knocked out and. <laughs> it was crazy. A few days later, 
there were these blue pads that showed up on the on the poles. So I, I could say at least I, I made a difference. At least I made the, the Maywood Hills uh, recess field safer, though. I took solace in that. So that was pretty cool. Um, speaking of football, um, I used to do this fun thing where I wasn't the only one who did this. I had a couple friends who did this, too. We would create our whole football team. I definitely did in sixth grade when we were 11-0 and won the championship. Uh, create the whole football team of Madden. Excuse me. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but it's pretty fun. And then you just play like the season mode with it. Um, I haven't played Madden for a long time. like Actually, like a few years. But whenever I play it, I always have to just run because... I mean, just run the ball. Not run... Um, not run away, but <laughs> just every time I play Madden, I just run out of the room. Um, no, I have to run the ball because every time I try to pass the ball, I pretty much throw an interception almost every time. So my passer rating is probably not very good. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read you guys a few more credits. TV show. Uh, she plays Bonnie and Anna. Two episodes, 1994 to 95, Baywatch. Um, I wonder what they, I wonder what IMDb says the plot of Baywatch is. Each episode is 60 minutes, wow. At a Los Angeles beach, a team of lifeguards led by Lieutenant Mitch Buchanan save lives, deal with personal dramas, fight crime, and participate in over-the-top adventures on a daily basis. Mitch Buchanan. That's a that's a great name. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a like a motorcycle cop, or maybe a high school football coach, or a BMX rider. TV show nineteen ninety six. She plays Chloe in Unhappily Ever After. Uh, Mila plays Sarah in nineteen ninety six. Is Santa with muscles? Wow, that sounds. Funny. I'm gonna click on that one. That sounds like a funny. It is a comedy. It's 97 minutes. It's PG. An evil millionaire believes he is Santa Claus after an accident renders him amnesiac. And amnesia. Also, he has amnesia. Oh, what? Hulk Hogan, brother, brother. Hulk Hogan's star. He's the. He's the star of this. Okay. I did no idea. Um, did you guys know that Hulk Hogan had a Santa movie? Really? That's cool. <laughs> the Undertaker Chev movie. You guys remember? Oh my gosh. The Undertaker used to... He was this rest. He was a wrestler in WWE. And he would bring out a... Like a casket... And he just like right to ringside, and then all the lights would go out and kind of start flashing, and like the bell, a bell would start ringing, and then the casket would open, and he would just pop up. He'd be laying down, and he would just pop up sitting. And um, that was that got me kind of like that makes me want to do wrestling. It got me pumped up, and super scary too. <laughs> the, the Undertaker's a scary guy. But I was just saying he should he should have his own movie. 
John Cena's in a lot of movies now too. The Rock's in movies. I guess wrestlers are. I mean, Arnold. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger never did wrestling, did he? He was just the bodybuilder. Oh, what, what am I? Uh, what am I even talking about anymore? Um, <laughs> I'm losing it. Um, all right. Walker, Texas Ranger, 1997. Pepper. 96-97. Anna Marie Del Bono, five episodes. Nick Frano, licensed teacher. It's the name of the show. There's a video from 97. She plays Jill in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Exclamation point. Seventh Heaven. I remember that show. 96 97. Wow, I don't. She plays Ashley for four episodes. Let's see when the show ran. 96 to 07. Okay, so she was in the first, first season. Um, 60 minute PG. Eric Camden, a minister, and his wife Annie deal with the drama of having seven children ranging from toddlers to adults with families of their own. Um, okay, wow. Yeah, seventh heaven. Uh, Pensacola, Wings of Gold is a TV series from 1998. She plays Jesse Kerwood. Um, oh yes, that's only one episode. I should give you guys a Calypso update. I actually read, ding, ding, ding. I read, uh, two pages of it this afternoon, uh, in between recording these podcasts. So, yeah, what happened in it? He actually was talking about... What was he talking about? He was talking about a person who who unfortunately soiled themselves on an airplane and then they were hiding in the bathroom. Um and then he and then he went on to talk about him himself. Uh, this is David Sedaris, um his book Calypso. Each episode I give a update on where I'm at in Calypso. Uh, I'm actually almost done with that. Um but yeah, he um he just talked about himself almost almost feeling like he was going to do the same thing. Like he was also going to soil himself, but not on an airplane. He was was like giving a speech in front of people, so that's why he was so he was so worried about that. But that's David Sedaris, he's super funny. Um big inspiration for my writing. And yeah, I'm a fan. Um speaking of being a fan, I'm also a fan of Oh wow, that was a good segue. I mean, if I had gotten it, <laughs> if I had gotten it in. Speaking of being a fan, let's just do it again. Fan. Speaking of fan, God Save the Fan. It's the book by Will Leach. Um, I read a bit of it last episode, and let's just take a little peek at another glossary. Um, here we go. So this is a glossary of this one is media personalities. Here we go. Terry Bradshaw, bald, warbling yokel analyst for Fox, for Fox Sports, who somehow turned his wacky appearances on Fox NFL Sunday into a pseudo acting career. His major, hey, it relates to a star's porn. Excuse me. His major film role was Failure to Launch, starring Matthew McConaughey. We'll talk about that in the uh, Matthew McConaughey episode. Appearing nude next to Kathy Bates. What? <laughs> oh man, she. I wonder if she's nude too, um, or if it's just Terry. <laughs> Terry's just going streaking, streaking in the quad. 
Um, yeah, that sounds like a quite the movie. I don't know if that's on Netflix. Maybe you'll add it to your Netflix queue if you want. Let's do Chris Collinsworth. Talented HBO and NBC broadcaster whose sense of humor, no-holds-barred approach, and legitimate understanding of the game often put him at odds with fellow broadcasters. Looks like Sideshow Bob if Sideshow Bob got a haircut. Wow, that's funny. Never thought about that. But that reminds me, I should say a good Simpsons side character. So, oh, okay, here's my, maybe one of my favorite Simpsons characters. Uh, not the main, we're not talking about the main Simpsons family. We're talking about side characters. Uh, you know him. He has blue hair. Bart's friend, Millhouse. Oh, man. Everything, everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah, that's, uh, he's hilarious. His dad's funny. Um, his dad sings a song in one episode that's, it's great. I can't really remember what it is exactly, but definitely look that one up. Oh, he, his dad also <laughs> talks about uh, sleeping in a race car bed. So he, he's telling Homer that he sleeps in a race car bed. And then he's like, where do you sleep? And then Homer's like, I sleep in a bed with my wife. <laughs> and I just thought that was a funny one, too. Um, Millhouse is super funny, though. He also plays... Um, What's he's not Fallout Boy? He's radioactive. What's Millhouse's? Because Bart plays Fallout Boy, so maybe Millhouse does too. I can't remember what his superhero character is. Uh, Bryant Gumble, former Today Today Show host, whose sports fandom led him to be the host of Real Sports with Brian Gumble, a worthwhile HBO journalism program, almost completely de- derailed by Gumble's fatuism. Fatuousness. What does fatuousness mean? F-A-T-U-O-U-S-N-E-S-S. I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. And banana in the tailpipe. Vocal inflections. <laughs> banana in the tailpipe. I've never heard that. Never heard that turn of phrase. Um, wins points for being an enemy of Willard Scott. Wow. I don't know who Willard Scott is either, so... Now we gotta look up which one should I do first? Should I do Willard Scott first or Fatuousness? I'll do let's do Willard Scott. Um not Will Smith. Not Will Farrell either. Although we both we've done both those people on the Stars Born them. Uh Willard Scott, an American wow, I did not expect this. Weather presenter. Never heard of the weather presenter. He was born in 1934, he's still kicking it, so, there we go, what channel was he on, okay, he was on the Today Show, uh, when was he on the Today Show, let's see, he was on the Today Show, from, from, (laughs) man, I'm just scrolling through, the Ronald McDonald character, author, Another TV role, oh, what? Another TV role he performed regularly was um, from 1963 to 66, occasionally as late as 71, Ronald McDonald for the McDonald's franchise in Washington, D.C. Wow, that's crazy. What a side gig. Scott wrote, wrote in his book, The Joy of Living, that he originally created the Ronald McDonald character at the fast food restaurant at their request. Wait, he's claiming that he created the character. Okay. 
here's here's the Today Show. Um, so it looks like began his practice of wishing centurions. He started in 1980, replacing Bob Ryan. Wait, no, not the Bob Ryan who's on Around the Horn, though. Not Bob Ryan, the sports writer from Boston. And then, so we started in 1980. After being inspired by a viewer request, Scott began his practice of wishing centenarians a happy birthday on air in 1983. That is, uh, people who are 100, 100 years old. And he, yep, he announced 2015, December 11th, his retirement from television. So he was there for 35 years. Wow. Okay, so Willard Scott was the Today apparently. I thought I had watched the Today Show before 2015, but I guess I don't know as much about him. Fatuous. Um, all I know about the Today Show is, let's see what's going on in your neck of the woods. Al Roker. Um, also, didn't the didn't the ladies uh, were the ladies who always drink wine? Kathy and Hoda they used to be on Today Show. Then I think, oh yes, who? Kathy just retired, I believe. If I'm not, yeah, she did. She did. Uh, <laughs> oh man, fatuous. Uh, I think Hoda's still doing it though. I'll check on that next. Fatuous. Silly and pointless. <laughs> kind of like this podcast. <laughs> this is a, I'll have to throw that in the description. A fatuous podcast. Hoda Kobe. Um Jenna Bush Hager to join Hoda Kobe in today, fourth hour. Jenna Bush Hager. Okay. So, wait, Jenna Bush is... Is that George Bush's... Yeah, it must be George Bush's daughter. All right. I'm all over. Let me read you one more. Pedro Gomez, once respected reporter, destroyed by ESPN's assignment to follow Barry Bonds around for two years. At the end of his tour of duty, Gomez was released to the wild and never quite looked the same as if he had spent the last 24 months in in the Hanoi Hilton. (laughs) Um... I don't understand what that reference means, so I'm gonna look up Hanoi. Oh, I think it's yeah. Okay, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was. Um... Oh, Hanoi Hilton's a film. Hanoi's a uh, in Vietnam. In the Hanoi Hilton, is 1987. Um, a group of American POWs held inside Hanoi's Hoa Lo prison. Oh, snap. It's a prison too. It's not a <laughs> not a hill and hotel. It's a prison. Um, during the Vietnam War, endure some brutal lessons in the art of survival, and find dignity in the bargain. All right, I gotta see. We we gotta see some of the stuff that these guys. I because I have not. Oh, gained a cult following. I haven't heard about this, so torture movies are pretty scary, though, if we're going to be honest. Let's see what it is. Um, yeah, it just doesn't really give anything specific in the plot, though, so I'm not going to not gonna worry about it. I'm just going to keep moving, and I'll read uh, one more random uh, little, little bit from God Save the Fan right here. 
Um, oh, let's do Tony Reale. Hey, there we go. Um, Tony Reale. Talked to him when I applied for Around the Horn, and I did a Skype interview for that internship back in, what, that must have been, that was April 2014. Um, yeah, let's see what they have to say. Let's see what uh, Will Leach has to say about him. Former intern at PTI. Wow, so he, <laughs> wow. He was intern at PTI, that's cool. So we start from, start from the bottom. Start from the bottom, now we're here. Start from the bottom, now the whole team here. Um, former, uh, now hosts around the horn, contributing to the daily lobotomy, <laughs> to the daily lobotomy, the program administers. Wow. So he does not like this kind of programming. He doesn't like the shows I like. Around the horn, PTI. Well, well come on, Will. He's super, he's like a hipster, like, Super anti, anti, um, what's, what's the word, you know, anti-culture, not anti-culture, anti, you know what I'm trying to say, seems like the type of guy who would take rec league softball way too seriously, that's fine, um, okay, let's move on from, uh, let's move on from old Will Leach's good old, good, good save, God save the fan. Um, that was a good book. I really enjoyed that. Super funny. Anti-authority is what I was trying to think of. Maybe not anti-authority. He's like, what's it? I guess hipster is what I was trying to, that's what I said in the first place. That's what I meant. Because that just means he likes things that are unpopular. And Around the Horn and PTI are two of the most popular shows in ESPN's history. I believe that's why they've been on for so long. So if it's popular, maybe he doesn't like it. I don't know. Because <laughs> Deadspin is super. That's the website he founded. And that's like a very cutting edge, I would say. It's kind of like Vice. Deadspin is kind of like Vice for sports. That Vice, uh, that show that, oh, what's his name? The show where the guy goes on, he does all the drugs. I can't remember his name, but he's been on Joe Rogan. He does like every single drug. It's just showing advice. Um, Hamilton Morris, that's it. There we go. That's a crazy show. I've seen the one where he he like licks the frog in the in the Amazon. Does that one and he he. He's sweating a lot, and he has to go dive in the water and get guys that are pouring water, like buckets of water on him, and he's struggling. He's struggling. It's not good. I think he does ayahuasca, too, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, man. They, that's that's a common common podcast talk. Listen to, listen to the guys talk about ayahuasca. <laughs> I don't know what else, what else I can say about it other than I don't know if I'd ever try it, but maybe if I happened to be, I don't know if I'd ever even be in the situation where I would get to try it. Like, I would like to even be in that situation. Like, I want to go travel and go to the Amazon. And that'd be cool. Where do you do it? Do you have to go somewhere to do it or maybe not? I don't know too much. I don't know. I'll have to search it. 
we'll we'll uh, we'll pull it up in a second here. Um, while I'm doing that, I'll tell you guys. Let's see. I'll tell you guys about the oh the Apple Cup parties, the old Apple Cup parties at the Anthony's. Yes, yes, yes. So Nick Anthony was a was a year younger than me. Um, he had a sister in my sister's grade too, and an older sister who I think was actually in my older brother's grade. And we used to always, every year we would do a solstice party at his house. So summer solstice party. And that was super fun because we got to stay, stay up late, uh, hang out outside when, cause it was stayed light till like 10, 10 at night or something. Drink like five cans of soda, maybe probably with caffeine in it. And yeah, just play football, lots of football in the front, in the street. He had this weird, like, roundabout where his street, there was a, what do you call it, like a, kind of like a landmark, like right in the middle, just a giant tree right in the middle. And then, yeah, the street went around it, and we played football. Just on one side of the street, though, not on both sides, really. But... We did that, and then we played basketball in his backyard, and he had a real nice hoop. And we also would watch the Apple Cup. The house was split, would always be split like pretty evenly between uh, Huskies and Cougar fans. So always a lot of Cougar fans in the Seattle area too. Um, let's see. Let's see. Ayahuasca is used largely as a treasured sacrament. What's a sacrament? A sacrament is a Christian rite recognizes particular importance and significance. So it's a Christian rite. It's a religious. People who work with ayahuasca in non-traditional contexts often align themselves with the philosophies and cosmologies associated with ayahuasca shamanism. Uh, all right. As practiced among indigenous peoples like the Yorina and Peruvian Amazon. So it is in the Amazon. Um... Psychedelic effects include visual and auditory stimulation, mixing of sensory modalities, modalities, and psychological introspection that may lead to great elation, fear, or illumination. <laughs> wow, isn't illumination kind of like elation? Is am I mistaken? <laughs> it's purgative properties. What are purgative? Oh, that means you purge. Purgative properties means the purge. A movie that I never, I never saw. I was never really, never really interested in that movie because it's just super scary. It just seemed like too, too real, too, too violent, too offensive, too, <laughs> too everything, too much. Um, purgative properties are important. Intense vomiting. Okay, so this is what happens to you. You just throw up a bunch. And then <laughs> you have occasional diarrhea. It induces, can, uh, can clear the body of worms and other tropical parasites. In case you got those when you were visiting the Amazon. Or if you're a person who lives there. Um, wow, okay. So I kind of forgot about that. That part of the whole... People do always talk about... I don't, I don't think that happens to everyone, but let's see. Here we go. 
Shamans and experienced users of ayahuasca advise against consuming ayahuasca when not in the presence of one or several well-trained shamans. So they think you should always do it super fast. Um, okay, that's that's enough ayahuasca talk. Let's read a few more. Oh no, let's. Um, I don't want to go venture away from that apple cup. Sorry, I was. I almost left it. I almost ran away from it. Where am I going? Um, yeah, so we'd watch the apple cup. Definitely remember some exciting ones. Uh, remember a packed house, split house, fifty-fifty usually. People decked out in purple and red, um, the two different colors. And one year in particular, we watched The Longest Yard Upstairs. Um, me and Nick and probably Sam Peckin and maybe my brother or sister or his brother or sister. Well, he doesn't have a brother, what am I saying? Maybe one of his sisters, but... Yeah, we watched The Longest Yard, so I could talk about that last episode, but... Didn't, didn't get the chance to, so I wanted to tell you guys now. Um, yeah, because last episode was the Adam Sandler one. Go ahead and listen to that, uh, because I would listen, if I was you, I would listen to the podcast chronologically. Uh, start at the beginning, um, and then weave your way up is what I would do. Just me, personally. But Yeah, so that's the old Apple Cup. We had some pretty intense uh, games basketball in the backyard too uh speaking of basketball right now i just picked up the grantland number one book the first one and why i say speaking of basketball is because this book the material on the outside is it's like a basketball it's really cool it's rubber it feels just like a basketball that's my favorite thing about this book and grantland is bill simmons's espn um project or website if you will um, that's what we did before the ringer and this is a writer i really like so i'll just read a little bit of this three man weave there are underdog stories and there's what happened in north dakota in 1988 by chuck Klosterman. more than 23 years ago a pair of low profile junior college basketball teams played a forgotten game on a neutral floor in southeast north dakota the favorite team was the school best known for its two-year forestry program. The underdog was a minuscule, all-Native American college whose campus is located outside Bismarck, North Dakota Airport. Bismarck, where we we stayed in a hotel there on the way to the Minnesota family reunion. Uh, you've probably never heard of either school, and in, in all likelihood, you will probably never hear of them again. And if you remember this game, you probably played in it. Games described as forgotten typically earn that classification because they deserve to disappear. Traditionally, it's a modifier. It's a modifier historians use to marginalize or dismiss a given event. But this game is forgotten in an actual sense. There's almost no record of its existence. Fewer than 500 people watched it happen. It was not televised, and there's no videotape. It wasn't broadcast on the radio. Only a couple of small circulation newspapers made mention of what transpired. And because it happened on the, before the internet, googling the contest d- details is likely is like searching for a glossy photograph of Genghis Khan. The game has disappeared from the world's consciousness, buried by time and devoid of nostalgia. And this, of course, is not abnormal. Junior college basketball games from 1988 are not historic landmarks. We are conditioned to forget to forget. 
who won or lost the opening round of the North Dakota State JUCO tournament because those are moments society does not need to remember. They don't even qualify as trivia, but something crazy happened in this particular game. And I think that's a good that's a good cliffhanger to to leave that off on. So if you guys are interested in in that, you can you can probably find that on the internet somewhere. You could definitely buy the book on the internet. Maybe you could find the Chuck Close from an article on the internet. But those are good. Those are some good books. Um, speaking of good books, I'm gonna. It's not books, but I'm gonna read you a couple of movie credits. Um, Mila Kunis. TV show 1998, Pensacola Wings of Gold. She plays Jesse Kerwood. Uh, Pensacola, so is that Florida? It is Florida. It's the Panhandle. Uh, set at Pensacola's famed Naval Air Station, Colonel Bill Kelly is the newly appointed leader of four young officers selected to form an elite military task force. Okay. Let's see who plays. I want to see who plays uh, Colonel Bill Kelly. James Brolin. Um, that's uh, Josh Brolin's dad. From the Goonies. I got the Goonies DVD over here. I got the Goonies and I got the Evil Dead. I think those might be the only two DVDs I actually have. Um, I don't know why I don't. I'm sure I have more at home. I'll have to look at that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Getting off track. TV movie, another TV movie. We've seen those to be popular. Uh, nineteen ninety eight. She is Gia. She plays Gia, age eleven in the movie Gia. Uh, nineteen ninety eight. Krippendorf, Krippendorf's tribe. She plays Abby Tornquist. So. That is, wow, Abby Tornquist. That's quite Tornquist is a cool last name too and i'm i'm gonna go ahead and um take a little break right now because i'm getting a little warm so i'm gonna go ahead and pop my my trusty old fuzzy rei red fleece off so i'll be right back hey 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 i'm back feeling a lot better now um got my bright green covington parks recreation shirt on here and how you guys doing how was your break How's your temp? Are you cold? Are you warm? Are you just right? Um, hope hope you're doing good. Uh, speaking of doing good, let's hop on over to a good actor, Mila Kunis. Uh, we left you with Krippendorf's Tribe in Abby Tornquist. 1998, she's in Milo. She plays Martise once again. The whole uncredited thing. Um, why is she uncredited? It's a credit, uncredited. It's a credit, uncredited. Uh, TV show, 1999, called Get Real. She plays Taylor Vaughn for two episodes. Uh, video short from 2001, Aerosmith Jaded. She is the Jaded Girl. 2001, Get Over It. She plays Basin. Never seen that name. B-A-S-I-N. Um, a high school senior's girlfriend breaks up with... A uh, high school senior's girlfriend breaks up. That doesn't make any sense. Just say breaks up with him. 
high school girlfriend's high school senior's girlfriend breaks up. Yeah, let's just say breaks up with him. His friends try to make him think of something else. His friend's sister, Kelly, helps him with a school musical. Spending spending time with Kelly has an effect. <laughs> has an effect. And um, is she Kelly? No, she's Basin. Kelly is Kirsten Dunst. Maybe we'll have a Kirsten Dunst episode. We'll see. It's only 87 minutes. Um, get over it. It's the movie. 87 minutes. Comedy. Video short. Or it's just a video. Sorry. Excuse me. A full length video from 2002. She plays Rachel Newman in American Psycho 2. All American Girl. 2002 TV show. Mad TV. She plays Daisy. Michael McDonald was on Mad TV. Um, Michael McDonald from the... Getting Dealt With High episode that I worked for over at Jash when I was in uh, Los Angeles, September 2015. 2004, she plays Mila is Tina in Tony and Tina's Wedding. I want to see what that one is. That sounds kind of familiar. It's 110 minutes, rated R, comedy. Another long comedy. A comedy about two Italian families from different sides of the tracks. What can go wrong? What can go wrong does go wrong in this comedy about an Italian-American wedding. Joey McIntyre? What's Joey McIntyre? Isn't he uh He's um oh new kids in the block. Okay, that's that sounds familiar. Um boy band. Also an actor in this movie. Plays Tony. You got it. Um, he is the Tony from Tony and Teen's Wedding. Short from 2004. Mila is a girl on the street and the Latin lover. A video short from 2004. Uh, she's woman in The Strokes. The end has no end. Oh, The Strokes is a good band. TV show 2004. It's, uh, she plays Lana, two episodes, and Grounded for Life. That was a good show. Um, let's see. 22-minute comedy, TV 14, uh, whoops. Oh, I clicked on, oh no, I clicked on something. 30-something <laughs> Irish Catholic couple, Sean and Claudia, deal with their three children, as well as Sean's judgmental father and his carefree brother. And it's called Grounded for Life. And Donal, there's some guy whose name is Donal Lug, who's the star of it. Donal Lug. But Donal's kind of a weird name, too. Uh, a video from 2005. Uh, she's played Meg Griffin and additional voices in Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. She's Jackie Burhart. Burkhart in TV special from 06. That 70s show special, The Final Goodbye. And that brings us to 98 to 06. Jackie Burkhart, 200 episodes. 200 on the money. On the nose. Um, that 70s show. That was one of my favorite shows, actually. A great comedy. Um, a 
comedy revolving around a group of teenage friends, their mishaps, and their coming coming of age set in 1970s Wisconsin. 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 Daniel Van Kirk. Wisconsin. There we go. You got to get a your base for Packers. Packers. Wisconsin. <laughs> um, Saints Row. Here's the first video game. We saw that uh, yesterday or a couple episodes ago that Kristen Bell was in a ton of video games. Uh, she's been the voice of a bunch of them. So here's Mila's. Tanya Winners. The voice in Saints Row. Another video game. Apparently there's a video game that's just called Family Guy. And she is May Gr- Griffin. Um, a movie called Moving McAllister. She plays Michelle McAllister. A movie 07... Nikki, she plays, After Sex. I want to see what this one is. <laughs> I want to see what this one is. Uh, 77 Minutes, unrated, comedy, drama. That sounds, I just realized that sounded creepy when I said that. I want to see what this, let's see what this uh, is all about. Only 77 Minutes, not really a full length movie. Comedy, uh, drama, <laughs> romance, uh, vignettes from about eight different couples. At varying points in their relationships, each of having uh, conversations immediately after having sex. So it's very literal. Oh, Sloan is in it. Sloan from uh, Entourage. She was with it. She was in one uh, from last episode, I believe. One of the movies. All right. TV movie. Another one of those. Oh, seven. Family Guy 100th episode special. She's Mae Griffin. Um... Video short, 07, Audrina, The Hills with James Franco and Mila Kunis. Oh, here's a, a great movie that we talked about, uh, Kristen Bell episode we talked about in the Paul Red episode. We'll talk about it in the Jason Siegel episode. And it's Forgetting Sarah Marshall from 2008. She's Rachel Jensen. Jansen. Um, yeah, we talked about this enough. I love Hawaii, though. Um I don't know if I could ever live there, but that'd be nice to, I don't know, if you're listening from Hawaii now, uh, let me know, send me a tweet, how, how is it, how's it living over there, is it too hot, is it too beachy, is it too, too much sun for you, I don't, you're probably used to it by now, but maybe you just moved there, so who knows, uh, 2008, boot camp, she plays Sophie. 2008, Max Payne. She plays Mona Sachs. I think we talked about that one. Is Max Payne... I gotta see if this one's... uh, Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yep, that's what I thought. 100 minutes on money. Um, Coming together to solve a series of murders in New York City. Our police detective whose family was slain as part of a conspiracy and an assassin out to avenge her sister's death. The duo will be hunted by the police, the mob, and a ruthless corporation. Oh, wow. Jeez, who's the duo? Is, oh, it's... Okay. It's Mark and Mila. Jeez. That's intense. Uh, she's in a movie called Tom Cool. She plays Little Boy Matson. What? I, th- I think that's her on the cover, too. 
after going through 50 jobs, a young man's a young man lands a dream gig as a driver for an escort service. Okay, so who plays Tom Cool? Um Tom Picasso. Uh, I don't know. Let's see who this guy is who plays Tom Picasso. His name is Clifton Collins Jr. Um he's also in traffic. Traffic. That was the one. Traffic, traffic, traffic. That was one that I get confused with Crash. And I wasn't. Crash was kind of a little overrated, I thought. A little overdramatic. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Traffic's rated R. 147 minutes. A long movie. Gotta carve out an afternoon for it. Um, man. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, they call it traffic because. You could watch it while you're seeing in traffic. A conservative judge is appointed by the president to spearhead America's escalating war against drugs, only to discover that his teenage daughter is a crack addict. Two DEA agents, screen timeout, two DEA agents protect an informant. A jailed drug baron's wife attempts to carry on the family business. Okay, a lot going on there in traffic. The star. Let's see who stars in it. Um, it is Benicio del Toro, uh, Jacob Vargas, uh, any other? Michael Douglas in it. Um, yeah, okay. No, not a lot of big names there. But we're not talking about Benicio today. Uh, we're not talking about the Heineken commercials. Um, with <laughs> well, the guy he's like. What's he say? He says, um, Antonio Ben, Antonio Banderas. He he thinks this Antonio Banderas, and then it's Benicio del Toro actually. Um, Mila is in two thousand nine. Oh, this is a good movie. Uh, Jason Bateman extract. She plays Cindy. TV show. I'll tell you guys what extract is. I think Ben Affleck's in it too. This is actually directed by uh, Mike Judge. I, I actually I've been talking a lot of smack about Mike Judge because I said I don't like King of the Hill and um, what was the other Beavis and Butthead. So extract is rated R, ninety two minutes comedy crime romance. Joel, the owner of an extract plant, tries to contend with my raid personal with my raid. I think it should say a my rate of personal and professional problems, such as his potentially unfaithful wife and employees who want to take advantage of him. Yep, and Joel is uh, Jason Bateman. Um, let's see. I think now I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys. Let's just take a little break from Mila, and I'll tell you a story about Lake Chelan. So, Lake Chelan is a big tourist destination in, right in the middle of Washington State. Um, everyone, like, people like to go there. They go camping. Uh, you stay in an RV. You stay on the beach. Uh, you rent a boat or you have a boat. And it's just super fun. And this particular time, um, I, I think this may have been the same time. Um, so, I'll just tell you. Here, I'll just tell you guys first. Um. Let's see. I'll say, first I'll say, <laughs> I'm stalling now. Now I'm filler busting. I was camping, and 
few friends, Mitch, Brian, Steven, Brett may have been there. Uh, and we decided it was a good idea to climb the side of this mountain. Uh, this was right near where Brian's campsite was, I believe. And it was at night. And we went up this mountain and all we had was a 40 pound flashlight. And we could have used it as a weapon for sure. But it was sketchy, sketchy dealing. Like, I don't know why, what we're thinking. There's definitely, like we talked about last episode, cougars can jump. Remember, cougars can jump 10 to 18 feet in the air, apparently. That doesn't seem possible, but I think it said, it said they could jump over 40, over 40 feet horizontally. So (laughs) they, they have some ridiculous jumping abilities. Um, so there definitely could have been some cougars out there that night over by Lake Chelan on the mountain. And I just remember like running down the side of the mountain and just, just like not really be able to slow down and kind of trying to break, break with my shoes in the dirt. But that was a crazy experience. That was a crazy night doing that. Um, we were, we were dumber, dumber and younger uh, okay, so also in Chelan, actually, I'll tell you guys about, first I'll tell you about Ashley, Amanda, and Jessica. So this may have been the same trip that we did the whole, the mountain expedition, but we met, uh, so Brian, Brian's like super, he's a, he, he's the one who we visit at Cornell, and he played baseball at Cornell, and he played baseball at Duke, and he actually played professional baseball. So he's like pretty like confident, <laughs> confident dude. I mean, if you're listening to this shout, Brian, you know you know what's up. Um, he he's not afraid to talk to anyone. So I think we just ended up meeting these three girls, uh, Ashley, Amanda, and Jessica. He I think he just like hollered at them like they were on a boat maybe, and we were I think we were standing on a bridge and he just like yelled at them and. And then we ended up like hanging out with them for a while and becoming friends with them. And one thing I remember about that was <clears throat> that first night that we met them, they did like a, like there was like five of, <laughs> the numbers didn't add up. It wasn't a good ratio because there was like five of us guys and then like three of them. So two of us guys were getting left, we were getting the shaft, we were getting left out. But <laughs> there was like a big, uh, like sweatshirt exchange, you could call it, and um, yeah, so like the guy would, the the guy gives the girl the sweatshirt, and <laughs> and then they wear it, and then that's kind of the, like, I don't know, like, how do you say, like, what's the, what's the correct way to say it, like, mark your territory, stake your territory, um, yeah, so that was the old sweatshirt exchange, <laughs> I just thought, I thought that was kind of funny, and, um, yeah, we had a lot of, there was actually a lot of fun that, like, that first night, just hanging out with them, because I think we hung out, and we just ended up, like, walking, kind of, like, on the, like, on the river walk over there in Chelan, uh, just for, like, hours, and just, like, tooling around, and that's, it's back when you could have, you know, you can still do it, it's the most fun you ever have, I guess, is, it's like Seinfeld. You have fun doing nothing. The show about nothing. The most fun times you have are 
when you're just not doing anything. But, um, so we also, more Ashley, Amanda, Jessica memories. Um, we played Spoons. And <laughs> we played Spoons. I just start. we were down in South Center. And I think this must have been me, Brian, Steven, maybe Bus. We went to South Center, and I can't remember where we were. We were just at one of those tables that had, like, holes in it. You know, the tables have a bunch of holes in them. And we played Spoons. Uh, it's a card game. It's super fun. I don't think I've played it since then. But after that, we went over to the uh, movie theater. I don't think it's an AMC, but we went to the movie 30 Minutes or Less. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's in it. I think Aziz Ansar's in it. Uh, some other people, too. But it's it's like one. It's a movie about pizza delivery driver and it's okay <laughs> I think Dane McBride's in it too um, so yeah that's that and then another connection to we actually went me and Stinky Pete um, Stinky Pete is what we call uh, Stephen Pearson uh, our buddy but speaking of Stinky Pete I forgot to mention when I was talking about wrestling our one of our favorite me and my brother we would always watch professional wrestling and other than Rey Mysterio, uh, Rey Mysterio was this tiny guy, probably like five foot three, like shorter than Tom Cruise, and he wore a mask, and yeah, he would always wear a cool mask, and he would just like do this crazy swinging move, I remember, where he would swing his whole body, and then just like kick guys in the face, and it was pretty awesome. He was really... He could pretty much take down guys twice his size. It was pretty impressive. But, yeah, that's Rey Mysterio. And then Stinky Pete. So, um... Whoops, almost dropped my phone. Stinky Pete is what... I, I can't remember if, uh, what the name is of this wrestler was. But he was this giant dude. And... <laughs> He used to get, so he would get the opponent in the corner, like sitting in a seated, seated position, and he would just, and this is disgusting, so prepare yourself, brace yourself. Um, he would just rub his face all, or his, his, uh, his buttocks, his butt, his rear end all over their face. And <laughs> he called that move a stinky Pete. And I just remember like, me and my brother just like cheering when that would happen. That was our favorite move when, when he would, because <laughs> that that's the most humiliating move of all time for sure. <laughs> uh, I just there's no more, like I'd rather get you'd rather get kicked in the face than have someone rub their butt in your face. Um, I mean, especially if it's this big guy. <laughs> all right. Um. So that's all the, uh, oh yeah, I was, <laughs> I got totally sidetracked. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all I want to tell you about Stinky Pete the Wrestler. I mean, that's all I really, I don't think there's any other wrestling memories coming to mind right now. But I definitely used to be a pretty big fan of the WWE back in the day. Used to always watch it on USA Network, uh, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, uh, I think there was a Thursday one too from there's like a different, it's like TNA or TNT or something. 
some other wrestling organization. So uh, me and my buddy, Stinky Pete, Steven Pearson, would, we, uh, this one time, must have been right after that Chelan trip, because we drove down from Bothell all the way down to Gig Harbor. And if you're not familiar with the Puget Sound area, Gig Harbor's South Puget Sound past Tacoma, and you have to go across the Narrows Bridge, which is like a... It's a bridge, it's super tall, it's over like a super tall, um, the Puget Sound. I can't remember the, the name of the strait or whatever. Um, but yeah, the Narrows Bridge, and then and then Geek Harbor, that's the place we went. And it's a beautiful, beautiful little peninsula, I guess that's what it is. And yeah, there's boats, there's boat harbors, and it's real cool. But that's, <clears throat> that's where Amanda lived. And me and Stinky Pete went down there. Uh, he drove, and we hung out at Amanda's house. We, I think, first we walked around town, uh, walked by the boats. Um, can't really remember anything specific about that, but maybe went to some shops or something, and looked at some taffy. Maybe some seems like there'd be some like saltwater taffy in that town, and. Then we watched, <laughs> this is a memory I have associated with this movie. I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Rachel McAdams. We'll probably have an episode for her. But we watched Mean Girls. <laughs> and it's actually a really funny movie. It's Tina Fey. Um, I, I don't remember. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen it since then. And that's been, it's been a long, it's been since high school, probably, since I've seen Mean Girls, so can't tell you too much about it other than what it's Lindsay Lohan, it's Rachel McAdams, it's um Amanda Siegfried, Tina Fey's in it. I can't remember who the there's some dude in it. Um yeah, it's definitely a super funny movie though. Cuz Tina Fey wrote it, so you know it's no, you know it's going to be gold, right? <laughs> 30 Rock. SNL 30 Rock, Tina Fey. Um she'll get we should do a We'll do a Tina Fey, Amy Poehler episode. That sounds good. Uh, 2012. So this was kind of related to Schlan. It's not the same, but it's close. Um, it's called Wenatchee. Uh, we stayed on Lake Wenatchee at the state park over there. And there was a bunch of us on this trip. We took a picture before we left. And there must have been like 16 of us maybe. Tons of like, it was a good ratio too. I mean, it might have been, it might have been even, it might have been eight, eight guys, eight girls, and I don't know. We we went out there and it was super fun. I didn't drive. Miguel drove, bus drove. Those may have been the only two cars we took. But yeah, we all met at someone's house beforehand. I think it was Sitara's house, if I'm not mistaken. Um. And what would we do there? Well, we had a ton of fun. We did some hiking. There's definitely some. There's like, I didn't do this, but everyone was standing on the beach and kind of standing on logs and doing like fake kind of like sword fights. I think they may have had a. They may have been holding like a stick or something, or they may have just been doing it with their hands. But 
There's definitely some video of that floating around Facebook, though. Because <laughs> someone made a compilation, like a highlight video of the whole trip. So that was pretty cool to watch that on Facebook. And um, Apple Socks. We went to watch Brian. I just was just talking about Brian playing baseball. So he played for the uh, Wenatchee Apple Sox, which is like an independent league team. And we went over and watched him pitch, and that was pretty cool. That was like a fun experience. I remember I was wearing uh, wearing that red flannel, and um, yeah, it was good times. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't really remember anything crazy. <laughs> Nothing too crazy happened. We just we talked to Brian after. We, he was super happy to see us. And I don't think we saw him again after that. And we also went to... <laughs> not, that made it sound like we never saw Brian again. No, we saw Brian again. Just not the, not that trip. Not during the trip. Um, we also went to Leavenworth, which is a cool little German-based town. It's like a Bavarian town, I guess you would call it. Uh, pretty close to Wenatchee. And what I remember from there is... We got some ice cream, so eating ice cream, walking around a little Bavarian downtown, and we're going into this little hat store, and we tried on a bunch of hats, and I tried on like a Viking helmet, and there is a picture of that, I have seen that picture, and I, it's definitely a good one, I think I'm wearing a white, my white van shirt, and um, yeah, it, it reminded me of a 80s Maybe like an 80s John John Hughes movie would definitely have a like a hat trying on montage that looked like that for sure. I mean, John Hughes is he's made some some good movies that I I mean he's made some controversial movies but he's made some good ones too. <laughs> I'm not gonna virtue signal, but uh, I definitely like The Breakfast Club and and uh, Ferris Bueller and. Pretty in Pink's a good one. I think uh, 16 Candles is the one that's... There's, like, controversy. <laughs> you guys can search that. I think there's controversy around that one. I haven't seen it in a while. But... Let's see. We just got... Now, now I'm, I'm talking about it. We gotta see what it is. We, we gotta stop lying. Stop lying to ourselves. Because the theme about this podcast... Remember what the theme is? It's, um, we gotta be honest, so rule number one is be honest, so I'm gonna go ahead and see what the plot is of 16 Candles, because if, if I remember, it's controversial, um, mm, mm, let's see, let's see, <laughs> sorry, I'm just high school sophomore, she struggles to go through her day on her 16th birthday, um, because her older sister's getting married, and she fares no better. She finds she completed a sex quiz, which she tried to surreptitiously slip to her friend. Randy never reached her, and unbeknownst to either of them, was picked up by Jake. Okay. So she accidentally passed a sex quiz to her crush. Um, Let's see. I got... No, okay. What am I doing? I'll just search 16 Condles. 16 Condles... Controversy. Let's see what comes up. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, um, 
it's not good. So it's not good. Uh, let's see what happened here. Um, sixteen candles. I want to see it. It's just talking about Brett Kavanaugh. I don't. I don't care about. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about sixteen candles. <laughs> um, explain. May have. Okay, here we go. It's been celebrated for thirty-four years for its sweet romantic heart, yet it is entirely willing to feature a lengthy, supposedly hilarious subplot in which a drunk and unconscious girl is passed from one boy to another and then raped. What? See, I haven't seen this in a long time. Mm-hmm. See, that's just not sound... <laughs> it does not sound like good. Uh, John Hughes, how does John Hughes skate by? He, just, he doesn't catch that much flack from everyone. Uh, Ringwald, well, I mean, he's well, he's been dead for a while. Ringwald remains best known for collaborations with Hughes, including Pretty in Pink and The Breakfast Club. Uh, earlier this year, she penned a New Yorker article explaining why she's troubled by the latter film. Uh, more than 30 years later, a scene in which... Oh, wait, so there's bad stuff in The Breakfast Club, too. <laughs> a scene in which Judd Nelson's character looks up her skirt. Uh, dang. Bender sexually harassed Claire throughout the film. When he's not sexualizing her, he's taking out his rage on her with vicious contempt, calling her pathetic, mocking her as queenie, is projection that inspires his vitriol. He never apologizes for any of it, but nevertheless, he gets a girl in the end. Um, Let's see if we can see what she wrote for... Maybe there, there might be a paywall on on the New Yorker, but... Wait, how come... I thought I thought uh I thought Sixteen Candles was how come she didn't say anything about Sixteen Candles? Um let's see. Let's see if this one has anything. I guess it already told us. We don't need to know. Also, uh Long Duck Dong <laughs> the character uh is a controversial character. He's a China Chinese exchange student. Long Duck Dong. Alright, so that was a... Jeez. That might be the most heaviest Stars Born the podcast has gotten yet. I didn't like that. Too dark of a path, so let's just keep moving towards the light. And... I'll just hop on back over. <laughs> There's no good way to make it segue back out of that. Let's just hop back over to Mila Kunis' IMDb. Um, yeah, I'm just surprised that John Hughes is, let me, I gotta check, now we gotta see John Hughes's, um, I'm getting, I'm too, I'm too distracted, I gotta see how, how does he get by without, he passed away August 6th, 2009, um, let's see if there's a section for controversy, how is there not, a section for controversy on Wikipedia. That's weird. Uh, let's see. Career. Uh, okay. Wow. Collaboration with John Candy. I'm surprised. See, this is what the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Even when you go... Even when you go to his Wikipedia page, it's impossible to even find any controversy. 
Because usually if there's a person, a famous person who's had a ton of controversy in their career, then there's there's a section on it for Wikipedia. But in John Hughes' case, um, it looks like on Wikipedia, there's like nothing about any of it, really. So that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, right? Who's <laughs> Who wrote this Wikipedia? Who made this? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Hughes' directorial debut, 16 Candles, won almost unanimous praise when it was released in 1984, due in no small part to its more honest depiction of upper-middle-class high school life in stark contrast to the Porky's-inspired comedies of, at the time. It was the first in a string of efforts set in or around high school, including The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller, um, and Some Kind of Wonderful. Weird Science is a funny movie, too. Especially the scene where um, where all the people just leave the party. I think I, think I remember that scene being... And, um, yeah, that's a good one, where they make a robot, if you don't know it couple nerdy teenage kids, high school kids, make a robot girl. So it's kind of like Ex Machina before it's time. But there's a party scene where something happens. I can't remember what exactly happens to set it off, but everyone's going crazy. And then they just politely file out for some reason. <laughs> good story, Chris. Good story. Let's get back to the... Uh, the real gist of the show. Where where do we leave off here? We left off here at probably the Cleveland show, 2009. Meg Griffin. Excuse me. Um, 2009 TV short. Seth and Alex's almost live comedy show. Meg Griffin. 2010 Book of Eli. Solara. Talked about it in the Denzel episode. But... I don't know if I read. Can't remember if I read the plot, so I'll just do it again. A post a post apocalyptic tale in which a tone man. Oh, sorry, a lone man. I'm I'm holding the phone at a weird angle here, so I think I caught some glare. <laughs> in which a lone man fights his way across America in order to protect a sacred book that holds the secrets to saving humankind. Um, and I. Do believe I won't spoil for you guys, but I think there's a Shyamalan, Shyamalan level twist in that movie. 2010 TV series, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. She plays Snooky. Oh, that's funny. Um, we talked about Jersey Shore a couple episodes ago. Snooky the party animal, the meatball, and Tina and Snooky the two meatballs. Which meatballs um situation <laughs> the situation with a couple meatballs that's terrible. Two thousand ten, date night. We talked about it already. Mark Wahlberg. She plays Whip It. Uh it's a good movie, good comedy. Definitely recommend it. Uh, roommate just sneezed. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> or not roommate, what am I saying? It's like he's my roommate now, but the guy on the other side of the wall, um, (laughs) 
in the, the other apartment next door, I guess. So I'm in my room right now, and you can hear him. I heard him sneeze. So 2010, she plays Lily slash the Black Swan in Black Swan. And I think we watched this movie, pretty sure we watched it on prom night. Because we all stayed, I'll have to tell you guys about that later, I'll tease it. 2011, Friends with Benefits. This is a good movie. She plays uh, Jamie. This was with Justin Timberlake. JT. He's actually not a bad actor. He's pretty good. And they have good chemistry. <laughs> Sounds like a weird critic review, but I think they they had, they had good chemistry, I guess. Jenna Elfman's in it. Patricia Clarkson. She's from one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, what what's it? Is yeah, Patricia Clarkson. She's in um, Miracle, I do believe, which is the Kurt Russell uh, hockey, the one where Kurt Russell plays the Herb Brooks from the nineteen eighty USA hockey team. That's a, one of my favorite movies of all time. Got that DVD on the uh, oh. Bookshelf back there at home in the TV room. Um, let's see, Friends with Benefits, Rage R, Hundred Nine Minutes, Comedy Romance, Rom Com, Young Man and a Woman decide to take their friendship to the next level without becoming a couple, but soon discover that adding sex will only lead to complications. From twenty eleven, um, Robot Chicken, to two thousand five to twenty eleven. Let's see. Let's read all the characters she is. Here we go. Girl, Froggette, Woman, Belle, Della Duck, Rainbow Bright, Woman in Bar, Shosana Dreyfus, Dreyfus, uh, like Richard Dreyfus, uh, Flora, Mary Lou, Lily Truscott, Fan, Girl Scout, Jane Porter, Mother, Susan, Corpse Bride, Daniel's Mom, Dora Marquez, Pink Game Piece, Betty Cooper, Emily Elizabeth, Mila Kunis. Why doesn't it just list her like first? <laughs> or why doesn't it say it should say self instead of Mila Kunis? I don't know. I'm so picky. I'm <laughs> I'm a nitpicky writer over here. Critic, the critic, little girl, Susan the Xenomorph. Don't know what a xenomorph is, but it sounds like something from the movie Avatar. Pyramid, whoop, uh, pyramid contestant, Sabrina's friend, reporter, female unicorn, I didn't know unicorns had sexes, Mrs. McNally's third grader, and that's for 14 episodes there, 2005 to 2011. Here's one, here's a great movie, uh, we've talked about this one, 2012, she plays Lori Collins, Ted. Yep, uh, Ted, uh, that was top three in my Mark Wahlberg with the teddy bear. The old Seth MacFarlane, the Family Guy Connect, uh, 2012, The Color of Time, she plays Catherine. 2012, another video game, she's the voice of Meg Griffin in Family Guy, Back to the Multiverse. 2013, Oz the Great and Powerful, she plays Theodora, Wicked Wish of the West. 
I believe this is James Franco. Um, yep, James Franco plays Oz. Rachel Weiss is in it too. Michelle Williams is in it. Zach Braff in it. Uh, Zach Braff does not have enough credits to do an episode, I don't think. But I love Scrubs. Scrubs is one of my favorite shows growing up. That's when I first was introduced to Dave Franco, James's brother. Uh, Dave Franco is funny in Scrubs. All right. Uh, just like the way he plays, like he he plays like a super dumb character in Scrubs, and this he plays it super funny. I think uh, the way <laughs> the way the way the way the way the way send me on my way, <laughs> send me on my way. I would like to reach out my hand. Classic 90s alternative hit. This is a long movie. 130 minutes. PG. Adventure family fantasy. A frustrated circus magician from Kansas is transported to a magical land called Oz. Where he will have to fulfill a prophecy to become the king. And release the land from the wicked witches using his great but great but fake powers. What does that mean? Great but fake powers? How can they be great if they're fake? Doesn't that defeat the greatness? 2013? Excuse me. 2013. Uh, Mila plays Natalie in Blood Ties. Uh, Blood Ties. That, the movie poster's grabbing my attention. It's a picture of a bridge. and It's actually like a bunch of different images. Kind of looks like a scrapbook. Another long movie here, 127 minutes, rated R, uh, action, crime, drama. Two brothers on either side of the law face off over organized crime in Brooklyn during the 70s. And it's Clive Owen and Billy Crudup are the brothers. Marion Cotier is in it. She's in one of my favorite dream movies because I, I love, just like I love time travel, I love the whole dream phenomenon. I've talked about talked about my obsession with dreams and wanting to learn how to lucid dream. I wonder if you could take a class for that or something. Um, yeah, it's Mary Cote. Uh, it's Inception. That's the movie. <laughs> That's the movie she's in. Um, yep. Uh, Zoe Saldana. James Caan. Uh, let's get back to... Um, let's get back to her IMDb. Third person... <clears throat> the movie is Third Person, 2013. She plays Julia. Two and a Half Men. Didn't know she was in it. Oh, it was probably because Ashton. Um, her and Ashton, they're together, right? Uh, 2014, Two and a Half Men. Vivian, one episode. Family Guy, The Quest for Stuff. She's Meg Griffin. Uh, the video game. It's a, another video game. And she's the voice of Meg Griffin. The Angriest Man in Brooklyn, 2014. Dr. Sharon Gill. 
That's a, that title grabbed my attention, made me interested. Oh my goodness, guess who the angriest man in Brooklyn is? We're definitely gonna have, definitely gonna have an episode for this guy coming up. Hopefully, come up soon. Uh, Robin Williams, rest R.I.P. Uh, this movie's only eighty-three minutes. It's a comedy, drama, rated R. A perpetually angry man is informed he has 90 minutes to live and promptly sets out to reconcile with his family and friends in the short time he has left. Wow. So it's kind of it's kind of like, what would you do if you found out it's your last day? That's crazy. I wonder if he gets angrier. I wonder if when he found that out, he got super mad. Or if that made him like, if that cracked his anger and made him soft, maybe. <laughs> Robin Williams is a great actor. He's actually, for how good he is, he's somehow underrated. That's how good he is. Because he can do drama. Goodwill Hunting, oh my god, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Like, is he... Wait, he's the guy who says that right. To Matt Damon, yeah. That's classic. That's classic movie. Oh, man. Him and Matt Damon and that. Matt Damon just drawing on the... Doing math on the on the windows in that movie, and, and then he probably has to clean it off. At least he has the cleaning materials, because he's the old janitor over there. Yeah, such a simple concept, uh, <laughs> a smart janitor. So simple, but so effective. I don't know. <laughs> Does he do? For some reason, it seems more crazy. It makes you seem more like mentally insane if you do math on a mirror instead of doing it on a window if you do it on a window it makes you seem smart but if you do it on a mirror it makes you seem like you're in an insane asylum this just popped in my head just because i picture james mcavoy's character from split uh just like riding on a mirror it seems like something you would do it's kind of a i think he stays in a i haven't seen split but if i'm not mistaken what i've gathered from the previews and commercials and all the bits and pieces. I think he's in a insane asylum there. Um, she's in twenty fourteen. Annie, uh, Doug Benson, <laughs> Doug loves movies. They call it Blanny. Um, Black Annie. She's Andrea. <laughs> Andrea Alvin. Let's click on Annie. Let's see what comes up. Um, yes, because let's see who else is in Annie. Jamie Fox. We should do a Jamie Foxx episode for sure. He's another um, Rose Byrne is into from Spy. And the old, the, the old dolphin suit from Spy. And uh, Bobby Cannavale from Chef. But like I was saying, um, Jamie Foxx is a very underrated actor. He's super funny as uh, Mother Effin Jones is his character's name in... What's that? Um, Horrible Bosses. He's super funny in Horrible Bosses. So you probably guys, you probably all know Annie already, but I'll just tell you about it. A foster kid who lives with her mean foster mom sees her life change when business tycoon and New York City mayoral candidate Will Stacks makes a thinly veiled campaign move and takes her in. And Jane Fox is Will Stacks. Um, 118 minutes, PG. Wow, long another long movie. Comedy drama fan family. Uh, I haven't seen any of the Annie 
either of them. Uh, 2015, Jupiter Ascending. She plays Jupiter Jones. Heard that movie was awful. I have to see what this is about. Oh my gosh. PG-13, 127 minutes. It's 127 minutes? Oh god. It's, it's one thing when a bad movie is 90 minutes. But when a bad movie is 127 minutes, that's just punishing the audience. Like, what did they, what did the audience do to you? I gotta see who directed this. Uh, Lena Wachowski and Lily Wachowski. Okay, let's, let's click on them. Oh, they look like, they look kind of crazy from the pictures. One of them has, Lena has red hair. <laughs> I'm not gonna judge anyone by the cover, but can't judge a book by the cover. Okay, let's see what else they did. Let's see if they've directed anything else. Um, director, here we go. Sense 8. Okay, Netflix series. Add it to your Netflix queue if you want. Um, yeah, I, I'm not mean. <laughs> I don't want to sound mean saying they look crazy, but I think there's something about. I've just noticed more people, more girls particularly, are doing the colored hair thing. And when you do like a red hair or purple or green, it's just, or blue, it's kind of distracting, kind of crazy. Seems, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not, it's kind of, everything's, I guess everything's normal now. Uh, let's see what she's directed. Um, 1996. Um, wait a second. Wait a second. Alright, sorry. Lena, I was, wait. Alright, Lena. Alright, 1996, Bound. Okay. I have to look this up. Because they're, they're credited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up as Lena Wachowski. Lena Wachowski. Okay. They're they're sister. Oh, okay. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I did not know this. See, we're all learning something new. I didn't know this. Nothing wrong with it. It's like Seinfeld. I feel like Seinfeld. Nothing wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, they're sisters and uh, trans women. I I didn't know. It doesn't doesn't matter, but. <laughs> Just interesting, I guess. Um, wow, <laughs> Seinfeld. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Let's go back to their IMDb, though. I want to see what they directed. Um, so, Lena Wachowski. Um, I mean, I don't know. Did you guys know? Do you guys know the Wachowski sisters? Um, so, Bound the Matrix. Wow. They were the directors of the Matrix. The Matrix Reloaded, Enter the Matrix, the video game, The Matrix Revolutions, The Matrix Online, The Matrix Path of Neo, Speed Racer, so much of Matrix stuff, Speed Racer, uh, what's Speed Racer, let's see, a, a young driver, Speed Racer, aspires to be champion of the racing world with the help of his family in his high-tech Mach 5 automobile, PG, Wow, they just do long movies. 
135 minutes. Action adventure comedy. Um, stars Emil Hirsch and Susan Sarandon. Ooh, I wonder if I'll do a Susan Sarandon episode. Definitely do a Kevin Costner episode. Definitely talk about Bull Durham. But let's just get back to Mila. Oh, get out of the witch house keys here. Um, keep going back. Keep going back. Back, 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 back. All right, here we go. Speaking of back, this movie's called Hell and Back. And she's the voice of Dima in 2015. Also, um, the 2016, she plays Amy in Bad Moms. Um, 2017, wow. Her very next credit is A Bad Mom's Christmas. She's Amy. And it's weird because I'm looking at these two movie posters together and they look almost exactly the same. They didn't change much up. 2018, uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me. She plays Audrey. And who is in The Spy Who Dumped Me? Let's see. 117 Minutes. Action, adventure, comedy, rate R. Audrey, Morgan, uh, our best friends. Audrey and Morgan are best friends who unwittingly become entangled in an international conspiracy when one of the women discovers the boyfriend who dumped her was actually a spy. That sounds pretty good. I do remember this being... Oh, yes, it's Kate McKinnon um, from SNL. The... Uh, the Hillary Clinton impersonator. She's super funny. I think she's in Staten Island Summer. The movie I talked about watching when I was down in L.A. At the uh, Starbucks down there. Down there by uh, La Brea Tarpets. So, what Mila Kunis is possibly most successful. Possibly most known for. Uh, 1999 to 2019... Wait, Family Guy came out end? I did not know that. I'll have to investigate that. 315 episodes. Meg Griffin, prostitute, bank teller. Meg Griffin as donkey. Meg Griffin as giant space slug. Meg, Megan Peterson, popular kid number one. Um, Mary Ellen and Elizabeth in the animated show. You all know it and love it. Uh, family Guy. Um, I gotta click on it though, cause I did not know that it's coming to an end, and we'll have to see. We'll have to check on that. Maybe you're listening to this, and Family Guy's already been over for years, though. Um, but let's see, Family Guy. I'm sure that. Oh yes, I was gonna let you guys know what happened in the WSU basketball game. The Washington State Cougars were going to be playing the Stanford Cardinal over at Beasley Coliseum. And they played tonight. And it was going to be a real good game. Everyone was real excited for it at home here in Poland. Looking forward to it. Ended up checking the halftime score. It was 52-15 to Stanford. So that ended up being not too good for Wazoo. And the final score was... 98 to 50. So that was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, let's see if Family Guy is coming to an end. 
I'll just have to type in um, Family Guy canceled. But yeah, we've been we've been okay. Actually, we've been not good. Wazoo basketball. We beat a couple good teams, but okay. When you type in Family Guy canceled, it just comes up with the uh, first cancellation of the show, which happened after the third season had aired in two thousand two. So I'm just gonna go ahead and let it go, and assume that Family Guy is not gonna be coming to an end. And let's get back to Mila, and her very, very last credit on her IMDb page, number sixty-four out of sixty-four. It's called Wonder Park, and she plays Greta. Um, she's the voice of Greta. And let's see what this is. It looks like a Pixar movie, maybe. PG animation adventure comedy. Wonder Park tells the story of a magnificent amusement park where the imagination of a wildly creative girl named June comes alive. Um, cool. So it's like kind of it's kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon. That used to be one of my favorite games coming when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, Roller Coaster Tycoon! <laughs> and I also played on that was a computer game. So we played that. We did. Backyard baseball, um, backyard football, probably backyard soccer. Um, let's see what other computer games were there. There was, oh, Age of Empires was a great one. Love Age of Empires. Uh, yeah, we believe it or not, we used to play games on a straight up desktop computer, not a laptop. I'm talking about a desktop. <laughs> and that's I'm sound like an old man over here. Um, so yeah, that is. All of Mila Kunis's IMDb page, all of her films, and I'm gonna make a. I think I'm gonna go ahead and make it audible on the fly right now. I said I was gonna do Seth Green. I said this was gonna be a Seth Green episode, but and I said it's gonna be Mila and Seth, but um, nah, it's getting late right now. It's um, eleven thirty one, and Seth has like a hundred eighty four credits. I saw so. We'll just let Seth have his own episode, and we'll just do Seth some other episode. But right now, I will read you a little bit of You Are Here by Thich Nhat Hanh, Discovering the Magic of the Present Moment. Here is stopping and deep looking. Here is a practice poem you can learn by heart. It can also be sung. I have arrived. I am home. In the here and in the now. I am solid, I am free, in the ultimate I dwell. You can use this poem during sitting meditation or during walking meditation. As you breathe in or take a step, you say, I have arrived, here and now. I am not running anymore. I have been running all my life, but now I am deciding to stop because I have learned that life is here. When you stop, happiness starts to be possible. Stop. The street sign reminds you, stop running because life is here in the present moment. We have to train in that. As you breathe out, you say, I am home. I am already home. I don't have to run. I am at home in my true home. The address of my true home is clear. Life here and now. Peace is something that becomes possible the moment you stop. Stopping is an essential aspect of Buddhist meditation. 
I think that's a good point for us to stop. Speaking of stopping, that sounds like a good point for us to us to probably stop the pod. Um, I didn't throw on my my old throwback my uh, Pullman not Pullman Pasco medal. Um, my sixth place Pasco medal. I was wearing it, uh, purple, purple and white ribbon, um, big bronze medal. And yeah, also wearing my, of course, I'm wearing my Oisel, um, Mountain Starry, Starry Night, uh, Stretchy Meshy Ball Cap. I actually did not earlier today in the episode, believe it or not, I was not wearing my Stretchy Meshy Ball Cap, Stretchy Meshy Starry Night Ball Cap. Um, if, if you're disappointed, I'm sorry. Don't want to disappoint any of you starfishes. Um, let me just double check my yellow legal pad here to make sure I told y'all everything I wanted to mention. Another little tidbit I wanted to say was I was talking about Greg earlier. I forgot to mention this. Another memory was a graduation party at his house, a high school graduation party. I've been mentioning a few of them. Um, it was in his backyard and. We, I just remember that was one of the that must have been maybe maybe like game six or something of the NBA Finals 2011. That's when LeBron lost a lost the Mavericks and Dirk got his ring. So that's the memory I have associated with that uh, graduation party and just being in just hanging out in his backyard. We must have been playing some sort of lawn game like maybe. Maybe croquet or horseshoes, horseshoes or something. Um, another random thing I just want to throw out there. Um, I was talking about, and this is kind of completely off the wall. So I was saying in the earlier episode, um, what if, what if authors, what if old authors could have podcasts? Like that'd be kind of cool. So then I went even further with the analogy and asked myself, what if, what if, like, there was a podcast hosted by cavemen and cavewomen? Um, what would that podcast be like? Um, I just thought that was something that I should just throw out there and see what you guys think. Maybe tweet me if you, maybe a t shirt idea. Um, that'd be fun, right? I would love to make merch. I would love to have some merch for a Stars Born. We could do. Caveman podcast. Um, we'll come up with some caveman podcast merch. Uh, maybe a line of T-shirts, um, some coasters, uh, coffee mugs, pins. I like I like pins. I have to tell you guys about my pin collection. Um, got a lot of collections. If you guys didn't know, I used to have a quarter collection, but actually, I was like, I don't really find that much joy in collecting these quarters just found hadn't seen the book in years and when i moved over here to pullman i found we found the book and it has a spot for denver the denver mint and the philadelphia mint if you didn't know each quarter has a different they're either made in denver or philadelphia they have a little d or a little p uh printed on there on the front of the quarter and um yeah there was like $15 worth in there. Yeah, like over $15 maybe. So pretty good little loot there in the old quarter collection book. I was happy with it. Um, Let's see. 
I mentioned WCU lost. We got crushed. Um, I oh yeah, I also wanted to tell you guys about my shot glasses. I just got a couple here. One of them is an Ohio State Buckeyes shot glass. It's black on one side and it's red on the other side. I guess it's I think it's scarlet is what they call it over there in Columbus. Um, and yeah, and there's a logo. There's a big O and it says Ohio State in the middle. And I got that in Cleveland in the airport. I, ha- I haven't been to Cleveland. Only been to the Cleveland airport. Uh, that was when me and Brett went over to visit Brian at Cornell in 2012. And I urinated in his fridge. And uh, that was my homecoming gift for him, you know. Or housewarming. And the other shot glass I have here is, uh, speaking of Cornell, is Cornell shot glass. And as a... It has a picture of a bear leaning on the Cornell Sea. He's just kind of like leaning on it like looks like he's like looking for a fight almost or like he's like trying to fight the the revenant bear maybe. Um, oh, yes, that's what I forgot to do. I forgot to do. We'll do that right now. No big deal. Let's do Mila's top three and bottom three. So we'll put family guy in our top three. We'll go. Bad Moms, um, and I want to just go Bad Moms Christmas, oh, we'll go Ted, oh, Friends with Benefit, we'll change it up, since we already talked about Ted, we already put Ted in, in Mark Wahlberg's, uh, Marky Mark's top three there, so, let's go Friends with Benefits, um, Family Guy, and Bad Moms for top three, and then for bottom three, let's go... Mm, we will go, there's some, there's some, uh, let's go Tom Cool, that looks not, that looks terrible, Tom Cool, Boot Camp, oh no, I totally forgot about Forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, so I have to put Forgetting Sarah Marshall in top three now, so we'll kick out Ted, or um, we'll kick out Friends with Benefits, excuse me, sorry for the confusion, so now the top three, the newly revised top three, Family Guy, Bad Moms, and um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And then the bottom three, Tom Cool, Boot Camp, and After Sex. <laughs> that movie just sounds, that sounds like a, I don't know, it sounds like a made-up movie. Speaking of made-up movies, I gotta do a made-up movie for Mila. So let's make her, we'll make her a, a college cheerleading coach who they go they go to the college cheerleading championships and she gets approached by one of the um by some like random like booster or something and he offers her like $25,000 to throw the competition um and then it just kind of takes off from there uh there's some chase scenes there's some Epic chasings through the streets of um, Gainesville, Florida. And <laughs> that's where it's, that's where the uh, college, that's where we'll, we'll make the college uh, cheerleading championships. It'll be in Gainesville at the University of Florida. I don't know why. That just seems like a, seems like the cheerleading camp, capital of the world. It's Gainesville, Florida. For some reason. And we'll call that movie... 
two, we'll call it, um, two, four, six, late. There we go. I like it. I like it. Two, four, six, late. So that's a good one. Um, also we forgot to do, I forgot to write down, um, a TV show that I'm going to make up for myself. So we'll do, what would my ESPN show be? So what would my ESPN show be? I, I would find out, I really want to dig into the world of, okay, here's what I'm interested in. Here's what gets me going. Let me let you know. Let me accidentally kick my, my table here. Um, the wide world of sports. I'm into wacky sports. So I don't want to just rip off the wild world of sports. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it like a like a knockoff of it or even user title or anything. But I'd like to kinda of do a similar thing where I explore some lesser known lesser known sports and put put a spotlight on. Like I especially like I like log rolling. I like um like anything that includes, um, oh, you know what, the ones, that, the the jetpack over the water, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, they have the, I think it blows like water out of the jets, and then the people fly into the air, I'll have to look those up right now, um, because once I talk about it, I gotta look that up, right, water jetpack, it's in a, a commercial, I believe it's a travel commercial, where the mom and the family are on the sideline. They're watching the dad struggle with the jetpack. Um, yep, it's called a it's called a water jetpack. That's exactly what it is. And I gotta see what this is. Oh, it's called a flyboard. Okay, so it's a flyboard. It's a brand of oh, that's a brand of um, hydro flighting. Hydro flighting. Uh, okay. It supplies propulsion to drive the flyboard into the air to perform a sport known as hydro flying. Gosh. That's like the most crazy. Seems super unsafe and I would never do it, honestly. I don't know. How much money would I do it for? Well, that's a whole different story. I would definitely do it for probably not that much money. <laughs> probably maybe like a few hundred. I I do it. For, what am I talking about? I would do it. I might even do it for free. It looks kind of fun. I could take a hit on the water. I could take a hit on the water, right? You don't smack into it that hard. I don't think. Um, flyboard rider stands on the board, connected by a long hose to a watercraft. Water is forced under pressure to a pair of boots, with jet nozzles underneath, which provide thrust for the rider. To fly up in, oh, oh no, I did not know that they go this high. They fly up to 49 feet in the air, or, <laughs> no, I'm not, that that needs a parachute, um, that thing needs a parachute on it, and then, or they dive, or you can dive headlong through the water, down, <laughs> eight feet down, <laughs> so you can go from, from the the height of flying forty nine feet in the air, oh my gosh, that's such a trip! And then you go straight down and go eight feet. That reminds me of that's like a hawk. It's like a hawk searching for a fish, you know, diving down for a fish. 
Wow, that's funny. There's actually a competitions for it. The first flyboard world championships took place in Doha, Qatar in October 2012. Qatar is lots of did Qatar get the they may have gotten the um World Cup. I gotta look Qatar up now. Enough of the flyboard. Um a lot going on in Qatar. Is du what Dubai is see I, I should know the different Dubai is a country? I'll have to look it up next. Uh, Qatar is a peninsular Arab country whose terrain comprises arid desert and a long Persian Arab Gulf shoreline of beaches and dunes. Capital is Doha. Um, it has the fourth highest greenhouse gas emissions per capita in the world. Huh. I heard my roommate told me that Washington State apparently has where I live. Where I am sitting right now, looking out my window and out into Pullman in the dark night in Pullman, Washington, apparently has the cheapest power in the world, the cheapest, the cheapest, least expensive electricity in the world. So I thought that was a really interesting tidbit. And I don't, I feel like our power bill is still pretty expensive. For, <laughs> maybe that's just me. Uh, so what's going on in Qatar? Is Qatar, did they get the World Cup or not? Um, 20, let me just search, um, instead of trying to slog through the Wikipedia, you guys know how Wikipedia can sometimes be like, World Cup. Oh no. No, no. This thing says, oh my gosh, there's no way. This BBC article says, have 1,200 World Cup workers really died in Qatar. That's like clickbait, but I gotta click on it. Um, there's no way. That's crazy. Um, the scandal surrounding corruption within world football's governing body, FIFA, has focused fresh attention on the workers who have died building stadiums in Qatar for the 2020... Yes, so they did get the 2022 World Cup. The figure of 1,200 deaths is often cited, but how reliable is it? Um, let's see. It was first published. So it looks like they just go like on an in-depth like explanation of where they found the figure. And that doesn't seem... That doesn't seem too interesting to me. I don't know. Does that seem interesting to you guys? <laughs> this seems interesting. I mentioned this last episode. It's called Adulting. How to Become a Grown-Up in 46, 468 Easy-ish Steps. Kelly Williams Brown. Here's a little piece of it. Um, opposition. Step 117. Imagine rude people are jellyfish. Someone once told me she imagines crazy people as jellyfish. Crazy mean people as jellyfish. Mindlessly floating in your direction, ruining your day with tentacles of unpleasantness and then floating away. On the upside, when she encounters these awful human beings, she thinks of a jellyfish noise, sort of like bloop, 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 bloop in her head. I have started doing this as well and find it satisfying. Jellyfish do not respond to reason. They usually respond to kinds of, or they, they usually don't respond to kindness. 
Jellyfish do not respond to reason, they usually don't respond to kindness, and they will always show up to ruin a fun party if possible. Therefore, your strategy should be threefold. Avoid, neutralize, and in rare circumstances, poke with a stick. <laughs> That's funny. Poke, poke a person with a stick. Here's one more. Uh, step 119. Accept that some people are just jerks. Some people have blonde hair. Some people are really... <laughs> are really good at baseball. Some people find nothing more pleasurable than organizing a drawer full of buttons. Some people are a-holes. This is the human spectrum. Step 120. Try to pity them a little for your serenity. Being a bad, mean person is punishment in and of itself. That's such a weird phrase to me. I wonder where that one came from. In and of itself. Seems repetitive. Think of the most difficult person you know. Do you think they're happy? Do you think it's fun living inside such a taut, prickly shell? Excuse me. Chances are chances are good that they're prickly to themselves, too. A slightly modified version of the serenity prayer. Lord, Lord grant me the serenity to ignore the a-holes I cannot avoid, the luck to avoid the ones I can, and the self-awareness not to be one myself. <laughs> That's fine. All right, one more, because I'm enjoying this. I like this. This is a good book. If if you didn't listen to the last episode, um, I said uh, my mom mom and dad gave this to me for, for Christmas. Except 121. It's probably not about you. Let's say you're checking out at the grocery store and the clerk is dismissive and short with you. Here are the possibilities. They hate their low-paying job and the attendant BS... They had an ugly fight with their significant other this morning or stewing about that. They're developing strep throat. They are a sour person in general. They dislike you personally and are out to get you, even though they just set eyes on you and you said nothing to them yet. Now, of those possibilities, which is the likeliest? But which one does your mind jump to? Usually when people are being dicks, it's not about you, it's about them. Think about the last time you were rude or dismissive to a stranger. It's probably because something else bad was happening and you were in a foul mood. And such is the case with others, too. It's more likely, it's more than likely that either something bad is going on in their life or they're just bad, mean people. <clears throat> okay, so that's Kelly Kelly Williams Brown. Um, enjoy that book. I like it. Um, speaking of books I like, I really, I also like, if you guys can tell, I don't want this podcast to end. <laughs> I don't want to do Seth Green as well, but I'm not going to let it end yet. I'm not going to let it, let it just end like that. I'm not going to go out like that. Um, yeah, you guys know I love Marie Kondo. She has a Netflix show, so you can add her Netflix show to your queue if you want. Um, she's the she's the author of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, number one New York Times bestselling. This is Spark Joy, an illustrated masterclass on the art of organizing and tidying up. Excuse me, here we go. How to fold underwear. When folding panties, <laughs> which are <laughs> when folding panties which are often made of light and flimsy material, you will have better success if you focus on making them quite small. The crotch is the most delicate part and should be folded inside, while decorations such as a bow on the center of the waistband should be folded to show on the outside. 
Begin by spreading out a pair with the back facing upward. Fold the crotch up to just under the waistband. Um, fold the sides over so that the crotch is wrapped inside. Then roll up from the bottom. When you turn the panties over, they should be shaped like a spring roll with only the front of the waistband showing. Undergarments that are too smooth and silky to stay folded, such as slips, can be folded and rolled. If your underwear is made of thin material that unrolls as soon as you finish folding it, it's best to store them in a smaller box. A tissue box works well because it's the same width as panties. One tissue box can store about seven pairs. Of course, another type of box you will also or will also do as long as it fits your panties and brings you joy. Those that are more like strings than underwear tend to collapse when folded, and it's therefore best to store them in your small box or fit them in with other clothes that will hold them up. Rolling underwear made of cotton or other thick fabric will only make them thicker so that they take up more space. Instead of rolling in the last step, it's better to fold them. And that's just a little piece of spark joy there. I love I love Marie Kondo. Like, she's so like smiley and if you watch the Netflix show you'll see how like happy she is and it's so cute like when she she like pray to people's books and like she like bows down to the house and stuff and I like I just like her like positive attitude <laughs> and like her outlook on life she's a seems like a super nice person too and um here we go oh my goodness I think I think, I think, I think we're just going to do it. We're just going to, I feel like we're cutting it short. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for cutting it short. But before we do that, um, here's something. It's, I've talked about my uncle Steve. Bootstrap Leadership. It's the name of his first book. Uh, 50 Ways to Break Out, Take Charge, and Move Up. Steve Arneson, forward by Dave Ulrich. No one is going to just hand you that next promotion. You have to earn it by developing and demonstrating your leadership savvy. And ultimately, it's not just about you. True leaders make everyone around them better. Bootstrap Leadership shows you how. And this is like a bookmark I'm holding right now. That's really cool. I would... Oh my gosh. If any of you listen right now... Alright, anyone listen... If you know how to make bookmarks, um, hit me up on social media. Hit me up on Twitter at ChrisTheAuthor8 or Instagram ChrisArneson8 or go to my website. But just contact me because I really would like to make bookmarks. I would love to make a bookmark with, with the advertisement for Sponge Cake just like this. Just like how Uncle Steve did for Bootstrap Leadership. This is really cool. It says on the back, so yeah, so hit me up if you guys, um, if you know anyone who knows how to make bookmarks or knows anything about that, making bookmarks, contact me. Because, uh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to make one for what's in the fridge, too. We'll make one for both books. Um, Here we go. Here's the back. Steve Arneson, one of America's top leadership coaches, offers a complete blueprint for designing your own personal leadership development program. In 50 brief to-the-point chapters, he provides practical ideas and techniques that have been proven successful in his work with executives at Fortune 500 companies such as AOL, AIM, reminds me of AIM, PepsiCo, and Capital One. 
What's in your wallet? We'll get to Jennifer Gardner and Samuel L. Jackson is coming up too. Surprisingly, these ideas cost nothing or next to nothing to implement, nor do they require any elaborate equipment or infrastructure. They're open to anyone with sufficient initiative, drive, and ambition. And this book was available May 10, May 2010, uh, sixteen ninety five in paperback, or eleven eighty seven in PDF on ebook. Oddly uh, specific there, <laughs> eleven eighty seven. That's so cool. I'm I'm so excited to hear back from you guys uh, about making a bookmark and to get my bookmarks made for sponge cake and what's in the fridge. Can't wait to do that. That's gonna be really cool. I love it. Um, speaking of loving it, um, I think we're just going to do this. And thank you so much for listening. I'll do some plugs. Let me do some plugs before I leave you. So, just like I was saying, sponge cake, what's in, uh, what's in the fridge? Pick them up on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble. Um... Really excited for you guys to see those. And um, yeah, it's just a little slice of basically a slice of my personality just thrown on pages and really I'm I'm really proud of it. So blah 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 read my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com. Check out my website, christyauthor.com. Follow me on Twitter at ChrisTheAuthor8. Follow me on Instagram, Chris Arneson8. And thank you so much for sharing, sharing, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, or coworker, or anyone. Just share with anyone. Uh, we're building the community of starfishes, and I love it. I love doing it. I'm having so much fun doing it. Um, it's just like right when I finish this episode, I can't wait to do the next one. So that's the kind of fun I'm having, and I'm, I hope you guys are having just as much fun listening. So much fun. Fun, fun, coming around. Coming around the mountain as we go. We'll be coming around the mountain as we go. <laughs> they'll be coming around the mountain. They'll be coming around the mountain. They'll be coming around the mountain as you go. Alright. Um, I think <laughs> I've gotten sufficiently crazy, loopy. Man. Oh, man. Before I leave, I'll just mention what I've been thinking. Uh, I'll leave you guys on a bomb. I'm definitely... I've I've been considering, it and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick up my my uh, lease over here. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna move to. I'm gonna be moving to LA sooner than I thought, because my lease ends May thirty first. So we'll see what happens with that. But I'm not gonna renew my lease because then I have to stay a whole another year, and I I want to move. I want to. I'm just so eager right now. And I heard on the Honeydew, I was listening to Honeydew, Honeydew the other day, and Steve Steve Simone was on, and he was just saying something his mom said. Um, she said you, he was considering moving to California, like kind of the same thing I'm thinking. He was in the same position as me, and he said that his mom told him that you don't want to be, you might as well do it, and um, do it right now. Because, first off, there's no better time than right now to do anything. There'll never be a perfect time. 
And um, that's what they were saying. That's what Sickler and Steve were saying. But his mom said, you don't want to be 40 years old and regrets, like, not, you know, not doing it, not taking a chance and making, like, the move. And, um, like, this is, like, a big move, and maybe it's intimidating, but it's a little less intimidating because I've done it before. So that makes it a little less scary. But, I mean, I did, I guess when I did it, I kind of... I don't want to say unsuccessful because I learned so much from the experience and I think I gained a lot, but I mean, I guess I did get kicked out of my apartment. So in some people's eyes, that might be an unsuccessful trip, but it definitely wasn't for me because I had so many experiences, so many memories I learned and gained and gathered and it was such fun, so much fun, so much fun, but I can't wait to move back and yeah, my lease ends May 31st, so you guys um, stay tuned for my um, my uh, travel talk. I'll, I'll be telling, I'll be letting you guys know. I'm sure I'll be letting you guys know what's what's the deal with that. Um, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm smiling right now. I can't wait. I'm so happy you guys listen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for telling people about A Star is Born, the podcast. Thank you for checking out all my work and being a fan and being a friend, a follower, a fan, whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you are, whatever time you're listening to this. Um, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say thanks. Here we go. Take a deep breath, Chris. <laughs> Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me my heart i hope you have a great day have a great night and i love you have a great one thanks bye bye